One of my favorite ways to unwind is by playing a game on my phone while I relax on the couch. And June's Journey is my new favorite as it combines several of my favorite things, finding hidden items, decor and design, and solving a murder. In June's Journey, you dive into June's captivating quest to uncover a scandalous hidden family secret while discovering the truth behind the unexplained death of her sister. As you uncover clues, you also get to build your own island estate with expansive gardens and beautiful buildings. You get to collect scraps of information to fill your photo album and learn more about each character. You get to chat and play with or against other players by joining a detective club. You'll even get the chance to play in a detective league to put your skills to the test. So can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. This episode contains adult themes and is not appropriate for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, the world. This is They Will Kill, a true crime podcast. I'm Sadie Eck. And I'm Courtney Eck. And we are hosts, and we continue to be sisters. Yes, we do. <laughs> uh, we are going to talk to you today about some murder. Yep. And... Well, today's not murder, but it is death. I will clarify. Well, mm. it kind of is murder. Anyway, it's complicated, but we'll get into it. <laughs> Isn't it always? Yes. Um, but yeah. It's a beautiful day. It's Sadie's birthday. Well, it won't be when you're listening to this, but happy birthday. Thanks. Why don't you take it away? I will take it away. So today I'm going to talk about the Anoka Hennepin suicide cluster. Hmm. Yeah. I relied very heavily on the article One Town's War on Gay Teens, written by Sabrina Rubin Erdely for Rolling Stone. I don't like that kind no. of war. I mean, I don't really like war at all, but... Yeah, this is a particularly heinous war. And trigger warning for aggressive homophobia, bullying, and suicide. This is a, yeah, it's, once again, I'm giving you a case where you don't get to say anything but what the fuck and oh God, because it's really kind of brutal and sad, but important. And seeing as how we're in the last like two days of Pride Month, (laughs) happy Pride, everybody. Uh, we've been so focused on Black Lives Matter and working for the equality of oppressed peoples uh, that we sort of forgot about Pride this year. I mean, we didn't forget about it, but it's sort of uh, it morphed into something else. So right. uh, we did want to say Happy Pride, and I was poking around and found this case and thought this would be an appropriate one to talk about at the end of Pride Month. Perfect. I'm here for it. Great. Happy so, Pride to you, Courtney. Thank you. <laughs> I am very proud. Yes. Um, In 2008, Michelle Johnson and her daughter, 8th grader Samantha Johnson, moved from rural North Dakota into the 38,000 student Anoka... I'm going to say this wrong every single time, so please, I listened to several videos. I wrote it out phonetically, but I'm still probably going to screw this name up. Anoka Hennepin School District. Within a year of moving to the district, Samantha began falling apart. Her grades were failing. She dropped out of volleyball. She became more and more depressed. Samantha's best friend, 7th grader Brittany Geldert, quote, was a low-voiced, stocky girl who dressed in baggy jeans in her dad's Marine Corps sweatshirts. Brittany was also mercilessly bullied. 
being called dyke, whore, cunt, and cock muncher. We're just jumping right in today, guys. Mm -hmm. On a daily basis by her fellow classmates. When Brittany was called a, quote, fat dyke, she went to the principal who encouraged her to come back at the students with, quote, I can lose the weight, but you're stuck with your ugly face. <laughs> Which, it, like, works among friends, but the principal yeah. encouraged her to say that. Like, yeah, it gives you a sense of what Just we're dealing with here. Reading more. Very inappropriate yeah. response, yes. Uh, the principal never acknowledged that she had been called a dyke. Brittany was left wondering if she was just a fat dyke and maybe she'd had it coming because she identified as bisexual. Luckily, Brittany had Samantha, who was also bullied for her tomboy looks, but they found solace in each other. Quote, after school, Sam would encourage Brittany to join her in privately mocking their tormentors, and the girls would parade around in Brittany's house, speaking in Valley Girl squeals, wearing bras over their shirts, collapsing in laughter. They'd become as close as sisters in the years since Sam had moved from North Dakota following her parents' divorce, and Sam had quickly become Brittany's beacon. Sam began working with other students to start a gay-straight alliance at their school and asked theater teacher Jefferson Fitek to be their advisor. The club was scheduled to meet for the first time in September 2009, but was postponed when the school district said they, quote, needed more time to vet the club with legal. No. Yeah. This is, uh, I thought it was going to be longer ago. No. 2009. This started in 2009. I know that's the shocking thing about this story. I mean, and there's a lot that's shocking about this story, but it was very recent. What state are we in? Minnesota. Minnesota. Okay. Yeah. When the community caught wind of the plans to start the club... They made their opinions very clear, quote, this is an assault on moral standards, read one letter to the community paper, quote, let's stop this dangerous nonsense before it's too late and more young boys and girls are encouraged to come out and practice their gayness right in their own school's homosexual club. Oh, God forbid. I know. Like, oh, <laughs> God. Yeah. I'm going to get real mad real fucking fast. Oh, it just gets so much worse. Like, okay. try it's a marathon, not a sprint. Okay. Yes, it's horrifying. Okay. The club's inaugural meeting was postponed a couple more times until November 2009, but Sam wasn't in attendance. Despite having several rough months at school where her mood soured and her grades slipped, her mother claimed she'd seemed to have turned a corner recently and was feeling better. Quote, on Veterans Day, they made plans to play football in the backyard and to grill outside. Michelle and her boyfriend, John, went to the store to rent a movie and pick up some food. When they pulled into the driveway a half hour later, John heard the gunshot. Oh. Brittany was on the school bus on her way home when another student sat next to her and asked, quote, Did you hear Sam said she's going to kill herself? A 16-year-old student named TJ had killed himself earlier in the school year. So dramatic suicide talk had become more commonplace between she and her friend, and she shrugged a boy off. She thought about it all the way home and decided to bring it up to her mother. Quote, this isn't something you kid about, Brittany, her mom scolded, but decided to call Sam's mother just in case. Quote, a minute later, she returned, her face a mask of shock and terror. Quote, honey, I'm so sorry. We're too late, she said tonelessly as Brittany's knees buckled. 13-year-old Sam had climbed into the bathtub after school and shot herself in the mouth with her own hunting rifle. No one at school had seen her suicide coming. Oh, God. I know. Samantha's mother learned that aside from teasing her because she was chubby and tomboyish, 
Students began targeting her as a lesbian, and the girls on the volleyball team had begun stalking her, teasing her about anything they could find, her hair, her looks, her clothes. They said she tried to wear more feminine clothes, which resulted in even more harassment. Students said that at least one teacher had witnessed the harassment without intervening, and when Samantha stopped going to volleyball practice, no one bothered to reach out to her mother. The most tragic thing? TJ and Samantha's deaths were just the beginning. Mm. Justin Auberg was a slight 14-year-old boy with blonde Bieber bangs, you know how much I love the mm-hmm. Biebs, who'd recently come out to his mother as gay. Quote, I'm pretty sure I'm gay, he answered softly when they had the conversation about it. Then he abruptly changed his mind. Quote, whoa, 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 wait, he shouted. I'm positive I'm gay, Justin oh. proclaimed. <laughs> I know. Okay, Tammy Auberg noted. So, just because you can't get him pregnant doesn't mean you don't use protection. Oh, she proceeded mom. to lecture her son about safe sex <laughs> while Justin turned bright red and beamed. Oh. I know. Justin came out in eighth grade and was immediately harassed by his peers. One jock grabbed him by the balls and squeezed, saying, quote, you like that, don't you? Ugh. Justin was constantly humiliated, but never reported the harassment to anyone and was particularly wary of worrying his parents who'd recently filed for bankruptcy and lost their home to foreclosure. When he was entering high school, he remained hopeful, saying to a friend, quote, there will always be bullies, but we'll be older, so maybe they'll be better about it. Unfortunately, high school was equally as horrible as middle school and he was regularly called, quote, faggot and pushed into lockers. A couple of months into his first year in high school, he learned of Samantha's suicide, the second to occur in his school district. He tried to remain positive, despite the horrors of daily life in school and the mounting unease among his peers. Over the next two years, nine students in the Anoka Hennepin School District would take their own lives. Oh, my God, nine. Nine. I I know. You think like four, nine. Quote, child psychologist Dan Reidenberg, executive director of the Minnesota-based Suicide Awareness Voices of Education, declared the Anoka-Hennepin School District the site of a, quote, suicide cluster, adding that the crisis might hold an element of contagion. Suicidal thoughts had become catchy, like a lethal virus. Mm. Quote, here you had a large number of suicides that are really closely connected, all within one school district in a small amount of time, explains Reidenberg. Quote, kids started to feel that the normal response to stress was to take your life. Quote, just 11 days after Sam's death on November 22, 2009, came yet another suicide, a Blaine High School student, 15-year-old Aaron Jurek, the district's third suicide in just three months. After Christmas break, an Andover High School senior, Nick Lockwood, became the district's fourth casualty, a boy who had never publicly identified as gay, but had nonetheless been teased as such. Suicide number five followed, that of recent Blaine High School grad Kevin Buckman, who had no apparent LGBTQ connection. Before the end of the year, there would be a sixth suicide, 15-year-old July Barrick of Champlin Park High School, who was also bullied for being perceived as gay, and who complained to her mother that classmates had started an, quote, I hate Julie Barrick Facebook page. At least seven other students were hospitalized for threatening or attempting suicide. Brittany became severely depressed, was plagued by thoughts of Samantha's death, cried constantly, began cutting herself, and was hospitalized for a week when she couldn't promise her parents that she wouldn't kill herself. 
Justin tried his hardest to live a happy life, studying cello and practicing for hours in his room. He also met a 17-year-old boy online, and they briefly dated before the boy cheated on Justin and broke his heart. While he reeled from his first heartache, kids he didn't know began messaging him through Facebook, telling him he was a, quote, fag who didn't deserve to live. Um, The next part, the next paragraph is all a direct quote from the Rolling Stone article, um, and major trigger warning come up. This part is really graphic and deals with suicide. One morning, Justin's mother knocked on his door around noon, realizing it was late in the day and she hadn't seen him yet. Justin? She could hear her own voice rising as she pounded harder, suddenly overtaken by a wild terror she couldn't name. Justin, she yelled. Tammy grabbed a screwdriver and loosened the doorknob. She pushed open the door. He was wearing his Annika High School sweatpants and an old soccer shirt. His feet were dangling off the ground. Justin was hanging from the frame of his futon, which he'd taken out from under his mattress and stood upright in the corner of his room. Screaming, Tammy ran to hold him and recoiled at his cold skin. His limp body was grotesquely bloated, her baby, his eyes closed, head lolling to the right, a dried smear of saliva trailing from the corner of his mouth. His cheeks were strapped with scratch marks, as though in his final moments he tried to claw his noose loose. He'd cinched the woven belt so tight that the mortician would have a hard time masking the imprint it left in the flesh above Justin's collar. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. I don't have words. No. Meanwhile, Brittany transferred to a new school in the district in hopes of starting fresh and leaving the horrors of her torment and her friends' deaths behind. On her way home on the first day of eighth grade, eight boys crowded around her and said, quote, Hey, Brittany, I heard your friend Sam shot herself. Did you see her blow her brains out? Did you pull the trigger for her? What did it look like? Was there brain all over the wall? You should do it too. You should blow your head off. It's just like, what the fuck? (laughs) Yeah. We went to a really conservative, fucked up high school, but I don't. I And I was gay and weird, but this is extraordinarily awful. Yeah. I mean, I can think of some some kids that were relentlessly bullied. That yes. I went to school with. Yep. But and I honestly I don't know. I remember them being picked on constantly, but I don't remember anything that hateful. Right. Or, and like aggressively violent. Right. So Brittany's mother complained to the school and just as before, no protection was put in place for her child and the constant harassment continued. Her family's Halloween lawn decorations were destroyed and the boys on the bus asked, quote, How was the mess last night? Brittany reported a group of kids who pushed her down the hall and nearly into a trash can and nothing happened. Quote, her name became dyke, queer, faggot, guy, freak, transvestite, bitch, cunt, slut, whore, skank, prostitute, hooker. Quote, Brittany felt worn to a nub, exhausted from scanning for threat, stripped of emotional armor. In her journal, she wrote, quote, Brittany is dead. Justin Anderson, who was a student in the district, said, quote, I would hear people calling people fags all the time without it being addressed. Teachers just didn't respond. In another school, a 10th grader named San Panillo was, quote, pushed to the ground by three kids calling him a faggot. A teacher observed the incident and did nothing to stop the kids who were attacking Sam. Another 10th grade girl had been called a lesbo and sinner so many times and was so discouraged by her teacher's silence that she finally reported the assaults to an associate principal, 
who gave her the advice to, quote, lay low. Um, I assume we're going to talk more about the lack of... Nope, that's just sad, the end, yes. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. I'll, I'll let you keep going. Yes. Yeah. She would later attempt suicide. Kyle Rooker was once urinated on from above in a boy's bathroom stall, and when he reported it to an associate principal, his claim was brushed off, and the associate said, quote, it was probably water. Dylan Frey, seventh grader, received a note from a peer that said, quote, get out of this town, fag. At one point, a teacher caught a student passing Dylan a similar note and just threw it away. So, to answer your question, what was going on in the school district that caused students to torture each other while staff and teachers watched on passively? Please tell me. Please. (laughs) A lot of things, but one thing in particular. To start, the district's congresswoman, Michelle Bachman. Oh, no. Remember her? Yeah, uh, uh-huh is openly homophobic and has used her anti-gay stance to win influence for years in the conservative religious community. She has, quote, called homosexuality a form of, quote, sexual dysfunction that amounts to, quote, personal enslavement, which I can speak from experience. She's right on the money with that. (laughs) Been personally enslaved by my sexual dysfunction for, what, 20, 40, came out in 16, a long time. Yeah. I'm so sorry for that. Quote. I know. Like, it's uh, miserable. You should see my life. <laughs> I feel very sorry for you. <laughs> uh, she believes in school prayer and creationism, and in 1993, she co-founded the New Heights Charter School in the town of Stillwater, quote, only to flee the board amid an outcry that the school was promoting a religious curriculum. She is also affiliated with the ultra-right Minnesota Family Council, and was a headliner for their fundraiser along with Newt Gingrich. Her uh, protege, Barb Anderson, was a Spanish teacher. I don't know that she was really a protege, but this woman's a fucking piece of work. She's mm-hmm. a Spanish teacher in the Anoka Hennepin School District, had been a researcher for the MFC, so Michelle Bachman's organization, for years, and has been an anti-gay crusader since she found out that her nephew is learning that homosexuality was normal in health class. God forbid. God forbid. Quote, that really got me on a journey, she said in a radio interview. When the district's sex ed curriculum was up for review in 1994, Barb found four equally conservative parents, and together they argued that, quote, any form of gay tolerance in school is actually an insidious means of promoting homosexuality, that openly discussing the matter would encourage kids to try it, turning straight kids gay. (laughs) When I kind of officially came out in 1996, and I can tell you that it was pro-gay curriculum in health class. I was straight, and I was like, <laughs> I'm going to try it. All right. I was encouraged to, to try it, so I did. <laughs> Quote, uh, open your eyes, people, Anderson wrote to the local newspaper. What if a 15-year-old is seduced into homosexual behavior and then contracts AIDS? Mm. Give me a fucking break. Yeah. At the end of the review, Barb wrote, Oh, so she did the review with the other parents. And at the end of the review, Barb wrote to the school board saying, quote, the majority of parents do not wish to have their children taught that the gay lifestyle is a normal, acceptable alternative. As a result, the board adopted a district-wide policy that stated that within the health curriculum, quote, homosexuality will not be taught slash addressed as normal, valid lifestyle. 
Which what I'm not. Fuck? I know. I'm not at all surprised. I'm surprised to hear that they were teaching about homosexuality at all in 1993. Up right. until 1993. I don't, I don't remember one single mention of it when I was in high school. No. Or in 93. Yeah. So wow. she, so they put this into place in 1994, which wow. I'm yeah, not yeah, surprised to hear. Definitely progressive. No, not progressive. The anti No, I, I mean progressive for them to be teaching it. Oh, yeah. Up to that it, point. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Quote, the policy became unofficially known as the, quote, no homo promo. Oh, my God. Yes. That's what everybody called it and passed unannounced to parents and unpublished in the policy handbooks. Most teachers were told about it by their principals. Teachers say it had a chilling effect and they became concerned about mentioning gays in any context. Discussion of homosexuality gradually disappeared from classes. Quote, if you can't talk about it in any context, which is how teachers interpret district policies, kids internalize that to mean that being gay must be so shameful and wrong, says Anoka High School teacher Mary Jo Merrick Lockett. Quote, and that has created a climate of fear and repression and harassment. Right. Before his suicide in April, Justin came home from school and said to his mom, quote, a kid told me at school today that I'm going to hell because I'm gay. That's not true. God loves everybody, his mom replied. That kid needs to go home and read his Bible. Justin had spent the day at school experiencing the annual, quote, Day of Truth. It was an evangelical event, quote, sponsored by the anti-gay ministry Exodus International, whose mission is to usher gays back to wholeness and, quote, victory in Christ by converting them to heterosexuality. This was happening at his school? Yes. In, like, 2009. Oh, my God. I feel, and I was trying to remember, we had something similar at our school. I do remember, like, um, a Christian college coming and doing, Mm -hmm. like, a musical Mm -hmm. in an assembly in the middle of class, in the middle of the day. Yeah. I remember something else else right there was something else that was i I do remember like the weird musical was did we have i might be getting mixed up with like going to church camp but did the the turn around oh i ran that that, oh yes (laughs) that happened in school right i organized that (laughs) yes it was called celebrate life don't be crazy and for those of you don't know i encourage you to google it i'm sure there's got to be videos of people producing this in their schools but it was that was anti-drug okay (laughs) and so what would happen my precocious ass would uh, everybody would choose like a way that somebody had died from drinking or drugs and so everybody lined up and they'd step forward one at a time and be like i used to enjoy feeling the sun on my face while drinking a cold one out on my boat but now i just now i just wish i could breathe air again or what you know whatever and like one at a time i don't remember if the there's like a person who's still alive but obviously struggling with the peer pressure of doing Mm -hmm. drugs and alcohol and we would encircle that person and uh total eclipse of the heart would start playing and they would be like oh no all the pressures and we'd circle around them being the dead pressure people and then at the end they break through i'm pretty sure maybe i'm making that up we would all fall dead officially dead and then i think they would walk forward and the lights would come up and they'd be like think about it guys before you make it so yes Uh, off topic but yeah those are the things that i remember yes not religious but (laughs) 
maybe questionable yeah. and it's you know the war on drugs thing we all know that that wasn't necessarily the best idea and right. anyway uh, anyway yeah we yeah. definitely had well i remember going in elementary school uh to like <gasps> right bible, bible study, study. right yeah. which you could opt out of and i did <laughs> yeah my, i remember taking the thing to dad and being like you know, you had to sign a release for your kids to go do it. And he's like, well, what is it? And I said, well, they said they're going to teach us about being good people. And I remember him saying, well, I think you're a pretty good person. I don't think you necessarily need to go to a class for that. <laughs> <laughs> and so like me and three other kids who were just like dirtbags or what, I don't know why we were all, we didn't go. We just sat in the <laughs> darkened classroom by ourselves while everybody else went to like Bible study and they'd all come all back right. with like a Bible passage that they'd memorized fuck anyway anyway lots of lots of questionable state religion crossover yes yes i remember there being a bulletin board right before christmas break that said things to do while on break and it was like clean your room take up a new hobby pray Mm -hmm. and pray i did (laughs) just kidding i'm not and not against prayer i'm certainly not against but yeah i am for separation of church and state yes Yes, very much i am too So, um, Day of Truth has faced plenty of litigation, and Federal Appeals Court ruled in 2011 that two Illinois students' Day of Truth t-shirts that said, Be happy, not gay, were protected by their First Amendment rights, which essentially affirmed the legality of Day of Truth. On the day Justin attended the rally, quote, local churches had been touting the program, and students had obediently showed up at Anoka High School wearing Day of Truth t-shirts, preaching in the halls about the sin of homosexuality. Justin wanted to brush them off, but was troubled by their proselytizing. Secretly, he had begun to worry that maybe he was an abomination, like the Bible said. It's complicated, you guys. Like, Sadie and I went to church. I was super involved. I actually went to church Sunday morning, and then I'd go Sunday night to, like, an open and affirming church. Even after I'd come out, I went to church by myself until I was 20. I had tons of complicated feelings about my sexuality it's a very scary very scary yes and the church often sets it up that way oh yeah especially big time big time yeah suicide rates among gay teens are already significantly higher than those of their straight counterparts four times higher to be exact then add to that relentless abuse from peers, a conservative and religious community leaking into the school day, and teachers who are totally restricted from acknowledging key parts of their students' development, and you have a recipe for total disaster. Mm-hmm. The Anoka Hennepin School District was thrust into the spotlight for, quote, cultivating an extreme anti-gay environment. Quote, LGBTQ students don't feel safe at school, said Jefferson Fitek. They're made to feel ashamed of who they are. They're bullied. And there's no one to stand up for them because teachers are afraid of being fired. The Southern Poverty Law Center and the National Center for Lesbian Rights were called in to file a lawsuit on behalf of five students. Their allegations were that the district's anti-gay policies were not only discriminatory, quote, but also foster an environment of unchecked anti-gay bullying. The Department of Justice had begun a civil rights investigation as well. Good. Yep. The Anoka Hennepin School District claimed, quote, we are not a homophobic district and to be vilified for this is very frustrating, said Superintendent Dennis Carlson, who blames right wingers and gay activists for choosing the area as a battleground, describing the district as the victim in the mass, quote, nope. I know, 
No, I, know. <laughs> I don't agree with that at all. Yeah. You better be making that bed you're laying in the bed you're making. Yeah. And- Quote, people are using kids as pawns in this political debate. He said, I find that abhorrent. Mm-hmm. Well, don't fucking gaslight them then, Ooh, dude. Don't no, s- support them. Give them resources. Let them talk about it. Let yeah. teachers talk to them about it. Yes. Yeah. Offer them some support. Yeah. And don't clutch your pearls when <laughs> gay rights organizations show up and are like, no, 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 no. Right. And they're like, there's nothing's wrong. You guys are just making this into something it's not. Meanwhile, nine kids died in no. 24 months. No. The after the, I mean, that shouldn't be, a, no, no kids should be killing themselves. First no, we didn't know any happens. kids who killed themselves. I mean, granted, we went to school. I graduated in class of 96 kids. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, mean, I guess I'm not the right. best anecdotal statistic, but yeah, kids should not be killing themselves. And if you know someone who killed themselves as a kid, it's a, sh- that's a big deal. Right. Let alone nine. Right. In regards to the deep religious conservatism in the area, churches like First Baptist Church of Anoka preach that, quote, homosexuality is a form of mental illness caused by family dysfunction, childhood trauma, and exposure to pornography, a perversion curable through intensive therapy. No. 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 Absolutely If you're not. listening to this and you're wondering, the answer is no. It's That's a, not true. <laughs> it, a million, billion, trillion percent no. It's so damaging. It's so traumatizing. I can put you in touch with multiple friends who were put through conversion therapy in high school and early twenties. And it's fucking awful thing to do to a child. It's torture. Yeah. In 2009, the no homo promo was finally called for review after a student named Alex Merritt filed a complaint with the state department of human rights, quote, claiming he'd been gay bashed by two of his teachers during high school. According to the complaint, the teachers had announced in front of students that Merritt, who is straight, quote, swings both ways, speculated that he wore women's clothing and compared him to a Wisconsin man who had sex with a dead deer. Jesus Christ. The charges were denied by the teachers, but the school district paid $25,000 to settle the complaint. This got the attention of gay rights group Outfront Minnesota, who began making inquiries at school board meetings, specifically challenging the no homo promo. Quote, the lawyer said, you'd have a hard time defeating it, remembers Scott Wenzel, a board member for years who had pushed colleagues to abolish the policy. It was clear that it might risk a lawsuit. The board agreed that the policy needed to go, but were stuck between giving their teachers better tools to address gay students' needs while still appeasing local evangelicals. A new policy was drafted and was, quote, circulated to staff without a word of introduction. Parents were also not alerted at all unless they'd happened to be diligent online readers of board meeting minutes. The new policy caused additional confusion in its vague language. Quote, Anoka Hennepin's staff in the course of their professional duties shall remain neutral on matters regarding sexual orientation, including but not limited to student-led discussions. This was referred to as the neutrality policy, and it baffled anyone who tried to work with it. Quote, what is neutral? Asked instructor Merritt Lockett. Teachers are constantly asking, do you think I could get in trouble for this? Could I get fired for that? So a lot of teachers sidestep it. They don't want to deal with district backlash. The enormous uncertainty of not knowing what would be acceptable and what wouldn't drove most teachers to stay the course and continue to ignore gay issues or conversation from fear of being fired or reprimanded. When Justin took his life as the seventh of nine students that would take their lives in 24 months, the district couldn't continue to ignore the glaring issues any longer. Good. Quote, everything changed after Justin, remembers teacher Fitek. 
The rage at his funeral, students were storming up to me saying, why the hell did the school let this happen? They let it happen to Sam and they let it happen to Justin. Individual teachers quietly began taking small risks, overstepping the bounds of neutrality to offer solace to gay students in crisis. Quote, my job is just a job. These children are losing their lives, says Phytech. The story I hear repeatedly is nobody else likes me. Nobody else is going through what I'm going through. That's the lie they've been fed, but they're buying into it based on the fear we have about open and honest conversations about sexual orientation. Mm-hmm. Parents and students were made aware of the neutrality policy and were justifiably outraged to hear that their friends and children could have been saved if staff and teachers had the courage to intervene on their behalf. So they hadn't known that that was the policy of the school when everything was going on. Hmm. They were just having their kids come home and say, like, you know, being harassed and being bullied. And then when the teachers brought it to the school's attention, it was just sort of ignored. Nobody ever said we, you know, quote unquote, legally cannot do anything about that. Right. Justin's mother was the first to step forward to demand the policy be removed. Quote, what about my parental rights to have my gay son go to school and learn without being bullied? Auberg asked, weeping as the board stared back impassively. On the other side of things, conservative evangelicals and anti-gay organizations amplified their hateful messages. Quote, Minnesota Family Council President Tom Pritchard blogged that Justin's suicide could only be blamed on one thing, his gayness. Mm-mm. Quote, youth who embrace homosexuality are at greater risk of suicide because they've embraced an unhealthy sexual identity and lifestyle, Pritchard wrote. Conservative parents came together to form the Parents Action League in opposition to the, quote, radical homosexual agenda in schools. The goals they listed on their website, promoting day of truth, providing resources for students, quote, seeking to leave the homosexual lifestyle, supporting the neutrality policy and targeting, quote, pro-gay activist teachers who fail to abide by district policies. You know what? Why don't you mind your own fucking serious business? Can you imagine, like, your no. gay son took his life because he was so horribly harassed, and then these fucking parents come out and say these awful things. It's yeah. just... No, I'm, I'm like, <sighs> I'm actually sick to my stomach. I feel sick. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. It's... And we'll talk you... about this at the end, but the conservative reaction to double down on things like this, it's just makes my eyes bleed every time i'm just like how do you have zero empathy none zero yep Yep. until one of their children come out as gay and they either doubled down harder yeah or suddenly it's okay yeah exactly which luckily generally it became okay it's called visibility right and it worked and i do believe that that's why i have had was given the right to marry my wife because Mm -hmm fucking dick cheney's daughter was like ta-da and then everybody else followed followed suit and when that many republicans daughters are gay and sons are gay then eventually the tide turns and thank god it did i mean we're far from out of the woods but things are much better when asked if she held any responsibility in the students suicides barb anderson who co-wrote the original no homo promo flipped the blame onto pro-gay groups, quote, she explained that such child corruption agencies would allow quote-unquote gay kids to wrongfully feel legitimized, quote, and then these kids are locked into a lifestyle with their choices limited, and many times this can be disastrous to them as they get into the behavior which leads to disease and death. She added that if LGBTQ kids weren't encouraged to come out of the closet in the first place, they wouldn't be in a position to be bullied. 
I hate her. Well, you should just keep it to yourself, though. You know? (laughs) I know. Oh, my God. Unbelievably, even after hearing testimony from parents and students outlining their abuse at the hands of anti-gay teachers, staff, and students, the board refused to change or remove the policy. What? Yes. Quote, the board stated quite clearly that they were standing behind the policy and were not willing to take another look, recalls board member Wenzel. Further insulating itself from reality, the district launched an investigation into the suicides and unsurprisingly absolved itself of any responsibility. <laughs> like, how can you be in charge of your own inv- investigation I mean, into whether or not listen, you did something? how many times have we heard the same thing? Right? It's like, yeah. So, yeah. No. But the, the, the DA investigated the da and decided but you're like yeah right right yeah, yeah. quote based, i did it a, yeah go ahead yeah <laughs> i could go on with that but i won't yeah <laughs> quote based on all the information we've been able to gather read a statement from the superintendent's office none of the suicides were connected to incidents of bullying or harassment bullshit 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 yeah. <laughs> yes 100 percent bullshit the kids weren't just bummed out no nine of them no that's not how this works no like, every teen ever in the history of the world feels awful feelings and is, like, bummed and confused. And yes, the majority of them continue to live. live. Yeah. They did, however, offer PowerPoint presentations to clarify what type of language would be acceptable under oh, the policy. Thank God. Quote, if they hear gay slurs say the word fag, the best response is, quote, that language is unacceptable in this school. <laughs> quote if a more authoritative response is needed the slide added the teacher could continue with the stilted almost apologetic explanation quote in this school we are required to welcome all people and to make them feel safe oh, god but the teachers were of course reminded to never show quote personal support to lgbtq people in the classroom oh god forbid god forbid the debates i, I really am like ready to flip desks here and like burn everything down i just why uh, why cannot why like we need to support and love each other yes yes always always especially when you're a teacher yeah dealing with teenagers yeah if you can't handle it they have the most access yeah and like ah, i know (laughs) freaking out i know i was like poor sadie like young boys what's gonna happen when they get a little well, bigger yeah. i mean right yeah yeah i think about it all the time you know living in a tiny little town in central indiana i think about it all the time for them yeah well luckily your superintendent immediately wrote that incredible letter in yeah response yeah. to black lives matter right. which was very encouraging yeah no the school district here luckily is seems pretty awesome but still but still still yes you're putting live in a very conservative christian part of the world yeah, I feel I I feel all the time like my boys as they get older are at risk for being right. who they are, and right. I don't even know who they are. They are five five years old and two. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> and I I seriously think about it all the time. I'm sure because of shit like this. Yeah, I'm sure you're putting trust in these people to help you raise your children. Well, yes, and just love them. Yeah, because they're children. Like yeah. that's oh god. Okay. Yep. The debate and interpretations between staff, teachers, parents, and outside organizations was endless, and all the while, students lived in a bizarre horror show, constantly bracing themselves for more loss and confusion. Mm -hmm. Quote, 
Over the course of the 2010-2011 school year, 700 students were evaluated for serious mental health issues, including hospitalizations for depression and suicide attempts. Kids flooded school counselors' offices, which reported an explosion of children engaging in dangerous behaviors like cutting, asphyxiating each other, and the choking game. Mm -mm. Eventually, an eighth student took his own life, high school senior Cole Wilson, who had no reported connection with the LGBTQ community. Luckily, the law organizations who descended on the district as news of the death spread were able to build a case based on the alleged abuse and harassment of students and the neutrality of teachers and staff. Samantha's grieving but steadily improving best friend Brittany would be called as one of their plaintiffs. Quote, the lawsuit accuses the district of violating the kids' constitutional rights to equal access to education. In addition to making financial demands, the lawsuit seeks to repeal the neutrality policy, implement this LGBT, this was their terminology, sensitivity training for the students and staff, and provide guidance for teachers on how to respond to anti-gay bullying. The school board eventually independently pulled the neutrality policy, so they said it wasn't because of the law students, hmm. which, yeah, fucking right, right. <laughs> and replaced it with a, quote, controversial topics curriculum policy. Jesus Christ, like, just... <laughs> Oh, I know. Which required teachers to not reveal their personal opinions when discussing, quote, controversial topics, which is like, you can't just change the name. No. (laughs) You know, it's the exact same fucking policy. So this policy was attacked from both sides. And so the board quickly retracted it and proposed replacing it with the, quote, respectful learning environmental curriculum policy. Among other things, the policy states that, quote, in the course of discussions of such issues, district staff shall affirm the dignity and self-worth of all students, regardless of their race, color, creed, religion, national origin, sex or gender, marital status, disability, status with regard to public assistance, sexual orientation, age, family care, leave status, or veteran status. Jesus Christ. I mean, come (laughs) on. It's not that hard. No. It's not that hard. No. You, you just support each other. Yes. And you offer a safe place for kids to go every day of their lives to learn information. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just not that hard. No. Be nice and supportive. Yeah. Like, We're human beings. And you, <sighs> don't, you don't get to say who's va- of value no. and who's not. You just no, don't, guys. It's not up to you. Nope. The school board vehemently denies that they hold any responsibility for the suicides, claiming that they put more counselors and staff in place. Good for you, but they couldn't fucking talk about anything. Um, but refusing to address how their policies were affecting students' mental health directly. Quote, Teachers Union President Blaha, who calls the district's behavior through this ordeal, quote, irrational, speculates that the district's stupefying denial is a reaction to the terrible notion that they might have played a part in the children's suffering or even in their deaths. Quote, I think your mind just reels in the face of that stress and that horror. They just lost their way. You know what, though? That I, I think about that all the time. If we could learn how to apologize. Yes. And say, I was wrong. Yes. I didn't understand. I have learned. Yes. It would bring so much healing in so many places in our world. Yeah. Like, it's okay to make a mistake. It's okay to not know everything. It's okay to have ideas that are wrong and to change them. Yes. And to make amends for that. Yeah, exactly. And how healing would that be for the children's families, the children who died, for the kids that are in school now? Yes. 
for somebody, an adult, to stand up and be like, we were wrong. We are sorry. We support you. Like, yeah, that's all. I know. know. (laughs) Defensiveness is a killer. It's ego. It's all ego. It's just like in the process of learning, you're putting lives at risk. And that's a very dangerous game to play. But then on the other side of it, just acknowledge it. And I'm sure there's like a massive amount of liability that comes with a district saying, oh, yeah, yeah, we probably are responsible for these children's deaths. But don't care. Yes. (laughs) Like, Uh yeah, you get sued all you want. Yeah. We love to sue people. Let's sue this, that school board, Courtney. I'm ready. I'm really (laughs) honest to God surprised that there wasn't more or hasn't been more. So all middle schools and high schools in the Anoka-Hennepin School District now have student-run gay-straight alliances. The kids find solace in each other and the time they have together to discuss problems and fears and make plans to keep each other safe as they make their way toward adulthood. The ninth student to take his own life was Jordan Yenner, a 14-year-old with no evident LGBTQ connection. The students want to keep each other safe from other students and tragically also from themselves. Mm. This part's probably going to make me cry. Yeah. In one of the meetings, a small boy with an asymmetrical haircut speaks up, quote, what this GSA means to me is in sixth grade, my only friend here committed suicide. The room goes still. He's talking about Samantha. The boy starts to cry. Quote, she was the one who reached out to me. He doubles over in tears and everyone collapses on top of him in a group hug. From somewhere in the pile, he continues to speak in a trembling voice. Quote, I joined the GSA because I just wanted to be like her. I wanted to be nice and loved. (laughs) Everybody just wants to be nice and loved. Well, not everybody wants to be nice, but everybody wants to be loved unless you're a fucking sociopath. We have to talk about sociopaths eventually (laughs) because, oh my God. That's a much broader topic, but sociopaths are essentially like ruining everything. Right. You know, not essentially, they are ruining everything. But anyway, that is the deeply, deeply tragic and very upsetting story of the Anoka Hennepin suicide clusters. Oh my God. I mean, birthday ruined. (laughs) I'm so mad. (laughs) Just. Oh, uh, my God. Thank you for telling that. Yes. It's so important to talk about. And Oh, what the fuck, man? What the God. Fuck? I mean, Seriously. we talk about this all the time. And I do have a little bit more information to share. But um, when you're kind of cruising around looking for a case to cover and you type in, like, gay murder, it's like, I'll just <laughs> find something about gay people. Um, yeah. And you're like, holy shit. And I remember, you know, obviously Michelle Bachman, God, God bless her, yeah. or the opposite of that. Um, you know, she had a ton, she had a ton, a ton, a ton of airtime specifically about anti-gay issues and family first and all that bullshit. But yeah, I don't really remember hearing about this. Well, when you were talking about, they're telling the story, I was thinking about, and his name just popped out of my head, uh, the sex advice columnist, the stranger. Oh, Dan Savage. Yes. Dan Savage. I thought about him a lot as I was reading this too. Uh, it feels like, and I could be wrong, but I'm wondering if that incident spurred his, it gets, it gets better. better. Yeah. I was thinking the same thing. I feel like it was all around that same, like 2010, 11. Absolutely. Yes. Time. And it would make sense. Yeah. Something that awful. Yep. Dan Savage would be like, oh, hey, 
let's talk about it. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. If it wasn't yeah. specifically that event, yeah, it was yeah. definitely around that time. He definitely has opinions about Michelle Bachman, but <laughs> yeah, I couldn't stop thinking about him either or the It Gets Better campaign for yeah. sure. Yep. So the doubling down of the conservative side, you know, and of course, like everybody thinks that their side is, is right or correct. But for those of us who lean more liberal or very liberal, it just seems like a fucking no brainer. Like these kids are obviously suffering. There's something clearly wrong. And then for the response to that to be like this sort of made up pseudoscience, you know. Right. So I want to just talk quickly about something that I think about a lot. You know, right now we're talking about, you know, black lives in this country and police brutality and murder, so many things going on. And, you know, it's constantly shocking people's responses to incidences. And I think a lot of it is a lack of information. But I do think even more than that, um, something that I've learned about is the fact that liberal and conservative brains are actually totally different, which is so interesting um, and also very helpful when I'm thinking about how to have conversations with people who don't think like I do. Right. So a, a lot of these are quotes from a Business Insider article called, These Key Psychological Differences Can Determine Whether You're Liberal or Conservative. This is not a scientific journal, but just kind of highlighting different studies that have happened over the years um, and what they've learned. So... Do, do, do. Brain scans show that people who self-identify as conservative have larger and more active right amygdalas, an area of the brain that's associated with expressing and processing fear. This aligns with the idea that feeling afraid makes people lean more to the right. So you can find billions of articles on this topic, but you can see, you can actually see the brains of people. They've scanned the brains of people and shown them similar images and stimulus and a conservative brain the right amygdala is just like bright blazing red. So they are generally driven by fear. So decisions are made based on fear if you're conservative, less so if you're liberal. Conservatives are also more easily grossed out than liberals. <laughs> so they show them things like snot, poop, <laughs> things like that. <laughs> Conservatives react more distinctly and quickly. So they, you know they can also apply that to things like any, anything that's different, anything that's other, mm -hmm. like gay people. Unfamiliar. Yeah, anything unfamiliar. Very quickly, react, like quick reactions to those things. Liberals are more likely to have, quote, aha moments. So this doesn't mean that liberals were any smarter than conservatives. Rather, it showed that their brains had a tendency to reorganize their thoughts in more flexible ways, while conservatives tended to take a more step-by-step -step approach. The researchers suggested this finding may indicate that liberals and conservatives prefer solving problems in different ways, mm. which I would say feels very accurate, right? Yeah. You know, mm. talking with my conservative friends over years about different issues, you know, being gay and now um, human rights issues and race equality, it definitely sees my conservative friends taking steps. You know, it's not like liberals were like, oh my God, you know, you read a meme and you're like, my brain i'm i am changed you know it's like epiphany after epiphany after epiphany and we take right. it in and we adopt it we fucking feel it into our cells and then you talk to conservative friends and you know five years later they'll say oh i you know they kind of caught up to the idea that you presented years ago and you're like how does this not blow your mind you know it just it's just not how their brains work mm -hmm. 
conservatives have more structured and persistent cognitive styles. Okay. Yeah. So, so just the same. Yeah. yeah. Liberals are a little bit more flexible in our thinking. Conservatives are much more kind of rigid and structured. Yeah. So a 2000 review of decades of research on conservative people suggested that their social views can help satisfied, quote, psychological needs to make sense of the world and manage uncertainty and fear. Quote, people embrace political conservatism, at least in part because it serves to reduce fear, anxiety and uncertainty to avoid change, disruption and ambiguity and to explain order and justify inequality among groups and individuals. New research shows that conservatives tend to express compassion to smaller circles than liberals. For example, conservative voters were found more likely to agree with statements like, quote, I often have tender, concerned feelings for my family members who are less fortunate than me. But their responses suggested such feelings did not extend to people from other countries. Yeah. Liberals, on the other hand, were more likely to feel that same level of compassion for people around the world. <laughs> this is my favorite part. And even to non-human and imaginary subjects like <laughs> animals and aliens. <laughs> accurate that is accurate (laughs) so it's like it's it's just i don't know well i kind of do know what to do with that information but i do think it's really helpful to understand that if your brain is wired a certain way you know you have to work within the constructs of what you're dealing with it's like when we were talking about psychopathic children Mm -hmm. a couple of episodes ago you know, they're realizing that it doesn't help to punish them. It only hurts to help them understand reward. So right. not to put, you know, make people all sort of scientific subjects, but it really does help me feel like it's worth bridging that gap mm-hmm. and reframing my thinking when approaching somebody who thinks differently than me. Do I do it every time? Absolutely fucking not. Right. But it is very helpful to understand another person's point of view when approaching them to talk about a controversial subject. Right. Well, I think too, we can, all of us get into the habit of vilifying people that think differently. Absolutely. You know, so as a liberal person, it's easy for me to just get in this mindset of like, you know, I don't know. You're the devil. You're the fucking monster. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, When it, it's deeper than that. And of course it's, we're not against each other. Right. We're coming at things differently. Yes. And we all essentially want the same thing. Right. We just are wanting to get there in very different ways. Yes. And there are certain things that I can be like flexible and understanding about and help you learn. And then there's other things that like gay kids killing themselves. Yes. Black people being murdered by police. Right. Yes. Then it's going to be a hard stop and you can take your time. That's fine. Right. Do your step thinking or whatever, but yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. harder to to not have that like feel that separation, and I know that conservatives feel the same way about liberals. Absolutely, like, they're just never going to agree. So we might as well stop trying, uh, which is a real shame. And exactly what sociopaths want, <laughs> and yeah, the people that want to keep taking all of our money, yeah, and want us to fight each other. That, but... That's exactly right. Yeah, corporations, politicians, people who are getting massively, massively wealthy off of the divide of mm-hmm. Americans. I wish that there were more things said about that. Like I said before, sociopaths. I mean, I, I'm i going to make a, an unfounded statement right now, but I think that you have to have a personality disorder the majority of the time to become very successful. 
-hmm. You know, I think to become like very wealthy or very powerful, you probably have some sort of personality disorder. For sure. You know, just to be able to hoard that amount of wealth and, you know, not share it. And I know it's not always the case. Like my best friend works for Chobani, by fucking Chobani. They're an incredible organization. Hamdi, who's the founder and CEO, is just a remarkable human being. So he's an exception. There are exceptions. But, you know, if you're that powerful, you're that wealthy, you probably have something fucking off in your brain that's untreatable, uncurable, and that's a problem. I hope that we somehow can learn how to recognize that in people Mm -hmm. and either treat it or cure it. (laughs) You know, we can have more of a fighting chance, but people in power are manipulating the media to manipulate us, period. It's not a conspiracy theory. The whole point is for us to hate each other. And the whole point is for us to play on each other's fears. And like Sadie said, some things are a hard stop. Some things are completely fucking unacceptable and they have been normalized as acceptable. And we are, I think, working in a direction where that will be less the case. But in the meantime, we need to recognize those moments where you're talking to somebody or you're you're receiving information on the left or the right that is sort of antisocial, sociopathic, maybe, you know, not the best information to share on the topic. Um, And then also to just check in when you're in those moments with somebody who doesn't agree with you and say, okay, am I trying to be right or am I trying to be helpful? And kind of reframe and then reapproach. And if you came in hot, maybe apologize. That never hurts, like we said. You know, if you were came in just like telling somebody that they're a horrible person, blah, 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 you know, that's... We know that doesn't work. It feels right. good in the moment because you're like, how the fuck, it, like, what is wrong with you? But right. it's not ultimately helpful and it doesn't save lives. It just doesn't. Right. When you were talking about the conservative brain, you know, they cherish and support their small group around yes. them. Yeah. And that's where the Southern hospitality comes in. Mm-hmm. And you know, same thing here in the Midwest. You will not find a nicer group of people right. who will give you the shirt off their back and help you and you know we laugh about get stranded on the side of the road and people are going to there's going to be multiple people stopping to help you and they're going to fight with each other so that they can be the one like actually like not an exaggeration no it happened to me the other day yeah you know and so expanding that bubble and like you know i I think that's why the visibility for homosexuality and once it becomes familiar yes and not other than but part of your circle yeah. That's where the change comes in. And so figuring out ways to bring that closer and, you know, offer more access because for liberals, it's easier to just be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. I'm not afraid of immigrants. You know, right. Like, yeah. I don't need a wall built because that doesn't feel scary to me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, it's exactly. a totally different way of thinking. Totally. Uh, yeah. Totally. You're absolutely right about all of that. And well, and that's why the younger We're generations, human. yeah, younger generations are much more evolved interpersonally because they have made connections with people all over the world. They grew up right. with access to everyone and we did right. not, you know, we had access to our small circles. You know, if you're lucky, you got to go to Indianapolis with your friends when you're in high school like we did. But otherwise, you know, that's all you had, what was right in front of you. And we made zines and stuff. We'd write letters and we'd send them off to f- people that had posted in zines. And then two <laughs> weeks later, you'd get a response and you'd make a friend in Cincinnati. You know, like <laughs> we just didn't have that immediate, constant, unending access to other people. And, right. you know, in some ways, social, plenty of ways, social media is like ruined the world. But I think currently it's saving the world and it's kind of incredible. But it is yeah. it's visibility and accessibility. Yeah. So there you go, guys. Happy birthday. 
Thanks. Sorry to ruin it. And no, no, it's good. It's so important. No, I was trying to ruin it. I really, oh, I mean, you did. Yeah. I'm ruined. Nothing a fancy bubbly water can't fix. Thank you very much. Yeah, I know. I got a bunch lined up. Cucumber mint, apple ginger. Fuck yeah. We're, we're trying out all the bubbly waters right now in our household. I have slightly caffeinated watermelon water in my fridge. Ooh. It's delicious. <laughs> that sounds wonderful. That's very refreshing. <laughs> <laughs> we just fully turned into the delicious dish just then. <laughs> oh, uh, shit. Uh, what else do we have to talk about? Well, I think real quick, I'm just going to talk a little bit about going to therapy. Yay! <laughs> um, something I've been thinking about talking with you guys about the last few months have been a real struggle. And not just for me, I know by any means it's been hell, right? Yeah. Especially uh, parents. Yeah. Yeah. The virus and just feeling really isolated. And before the virus hit, I had just started to sort of come to terms with the fact that I'd been suffering from postpartum depression yep. for probably two years Yep, and couldn't really talk about it to anybody. And I thought that people knew that I was really unhappy, like really unhappy. And their lack of like response to that sort of made it worse. Yep. But it turns out that I wasn't talking about it really at all. No. Sadie was like, yeah, things are really hard. And we're like, yeah, no shit. You've got two children, baby children. It's always hard. You know, it just sounded like regular hard. She never expressed like deep, dark, hard. Right. Yeah. And so once I started to talk about it and then people were like, oh, my God, I had no idea. And even my husband was like, no, dude, you just, you know, didn't, I had. I didn't know. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I didn't know. So I started to come out of it and figure out ways to find support and you know exercising regularly making and... a podcast yeah yeah this was a big part of it and it was like yeah we're i'm on it like this is so good i feel so much better and then quarantine happened yeah the virus came and shut everything down except for the podcast um got really isolated and had my children constantly um i didn't think i was gonna cry about it and things just sort of intensified and got dark again. Yeah. My husband, Ryan, his name's Ryan, he really started to sort of push gently. You should probably see a therapist. You really should talk to somebody about it. I think it would make you feel better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was worried about money and I was worried about the time it would take. Mm-hmm. And it's also very hard for me to express my feelings out loud. Mm-hmm. You know, I think a lot of people feel that way. And I just didn't know. I didn't know what would happen if I started to like express myself, you know, with like a damn break. Yeah. <laughs> I would never be able to take it, take it back. Yeah. So finally, I decided that if I didn't do something for myself, that I didn't know what. You yeah. Know, and, just get in the car, start driving. Never stop. Yeah. Right. Like I, I needed to, I felt like I needed to escape and I've never suicidal or any, you know, never to that extent by any means, but uh, just a deep need to do something else, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I finally started seeing somebody and oh my God, you guys, <laughs> that shit works. Yep. It's amazing. I've seen her twice, so it's pretty much brand new. Yeah. I've, I've seen her last two weeks, and it's even over the computer. We're not seeing each other in person, and I feel so much better overall. Yeah. Like, it hasn't necessarily helped me, like, things that I want to work on, like, uh, my yelling at my children. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I, I hope that 
I don't lose my temper as often and things like that. And and that's still true, but I don't beat myself up as hard about it. Right. And I have more perspective. Yep. Uh, and a lot more grace yep. for myself. Yes. So I just, I know that other podcasts uh, that are really popular have talked a lot about going and seeing therapists. And I've always sort of thought like, well, they have the means to make it work mm-hmm. or it's, you know, sort of that's them. That's right. what they do. Right. Uh, Something you do in it, cities or whatever. Right. Yeah. For a, you know, middle, low income, stay at home mom in central Indiana. Yeah. <laughs> who finally decided to put myself first in a way and spend some money. I would do it again. Uh, I wish I had done it sooner. Yeah. I plan to see her very regularly. Yep. Um, and one thing that I've learned while setting it up is that oftentimes if you have insurance right now, and in particular because of COVID, uh, many insurance companies are offering a few sessions for free Yep. to get you started. So look into that and see what your options are if you need to talk to somebody. Yeah. You know, find the right fit and make sure that the person that you're talking to, you really feel that connection with, that you can mm-hmm. actually talk to them and, and do it, you guys. Yeah, man. It's been huge for me. Yeah, it's like a major shift in Sadie. Yes. Major Big shift. Time. Big time. Yeah, mental health, man. Get that shit sorted out. Yeah. Yep, because it turns out that you don't, you shouldn't just feel like your life sucks all the time. <laughs> <laughs> PSA, you, know? you should enjoy your life. Even if yeah. you're making sacrifices as a parent or right. a caregiver or something, you should still enjoy your life on some level. Right. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I have the the most lovely children oh they my are God. they are funny and they're bright and it, it was hard to be with them every day yeah mm-hmm. yes when i come home from seeing them for like eight hours i have to take a nap they're wonderful <laughs> but man it's a lot yeah but i you know i already am finding myself able to enjoy them more yeah because i'm not feeling as depressed yeah so. absolutely absolutely no go do it you need somebody who's not your family member, which you said to me the other day, to tell you that it's okay to feel the way you feel and to mm-hmm. react the way you react and to just give you that validation and help you sort of like unpack things and put them in the right places rather right. than just like all into the I'm a bad person fucking file. Right. Right. Well, and I think that moms in particular, we hear all the time, like you need to take better care of yourself yep. or you need to do more for yourself, but without any like follow through of what that might look like or offers to help them do that yes. or you know so it's just more pressure of like yeah no fucking shit right of cor- like of course i should be taking better care of myself how do i do that yeah and that's what sh- the therapist is able to to help yes. sort of sort out like you know these are the ways that you can do that and by putting aside and getting rid of some of that emotional baggage and like yes you know i was spending so much time just feeling bad in my body yep that i couldn't I couldn't take care of myself. And right. so just acknowledging that being like, that's normal. You're depressed. I was like, Oh, <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah. She asked like, what do you enjoy doing? And I was like, uh, I really like my podcast. And she's like, okay, but that sounds like a lot of work. I'm like, it is. And, but what do you do when you're not working? And I'm like, uh, I don't know. And she was like, it's because it's because you have, you're, you're feeling really depressed right now. And that it wasn't always going to be that way. And I was yes. like, Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. You know, so much hope. So much so, hope. Yep. Yeah. Good. Yep. Thank you for sharing it. If You're welcome. Anybody needs resources or help. I always say to Sadie, like I'm a producer. That's what I do for a living. If anybody needs help Googling shit, <laughs> send me an email. I will uh-huh. happily help 
You might yeah. might not use the information I give you, but sometimes <laughs> you feel like you need the first step, help taking the first step. Uh, I know. Courtney was here a couple weeks ago for the first time since quarantine visiting, and it's just been a really, really hectic time for our little family here. Mm-hmm. Our well pump went out, and we didn't have any water, and it was just like the last <laughs> thing I needed. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, like I turn around, and she's like, don't worry, I've called seven people. There's somebody going to come tomorrow. Yep. We're going to get water. Yep here's a gallon of water (laughs) (laughs) it's my specialty guys that's what i do Uh i have the bandwidth to do it because i'm not raising human beings so yep i can do things like solve insurmountable (laughs) problems for others Uh, had she not been here i my head would have exploded (laughs) we gotta gotta look out for each other guys Uh, yeah my my oldest be like mommy where's the water i'll be like never again we're never gonna have water ever again (laughs) it's just not something we do anymore (laughs) go drink out of the puddle (laughs) go ask the neighbor Uh, you want water uh, (laughs) you guys Uh, we appreciate you guys so so much much. we got some patrons new patrons to shout out yep we do you want to lay it on them lay it on yep Okay. We want to thank Katie S. Yay! Thank you so much, Katie. Thank you. We also want to thank Angela F. Heck yeah, we do. And Jill M. Yep. Thank you, Jill M. And Michelle F. Thank you, Michelle F. You're all gorgeous people. You're gorgeous. You're smart. You're you're hilarious. You're generous. And we appreciate you. Yes, mm. thank you. You really are the ones keeping it going financially. Yes, yes. emotionally, um, med- medically. Yes. I don't know how that works, but <laughs> you keep our hearts beating. <laughs> you are our pacemakers. You are our, def- right. our defibrillators. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. And just a quick reminder that we are going to start putting our Saturday episodes on Patreon starting July 15th-ish. Yep. So if you want to continue listening to us twice a week, hop over there. Three dollars a month will get you started. Yep, and we really appreciate it. Heck yeah, so much. Yes, yep. I think that the shadow band is lifted. I feel like people are seeing us again I on think Instagram. So too. Yes, um, feels back to they, normal. Yeah, the emails, the messages. Don't ever think that you're bugging us. No, it's it really. It's so nice to know that people hear us and they enjoy what we're saying, and it, it gives us the motivation to keep going. So thank you. A million so percent. Much. A million percent. Yep. We love you guys. Sometimes, yeah, we do. Sometimes when I'm in the middle of like a really dark yeah. story, I'm just like, oh, what am I doing? And I, no, no, we're making, it's good. Yeah. Yes. It's worth <laughs> doing. Yeah. It's yeah, worth doing. No yeah. doubt. We love you. And if you want to f- see more of us, go to Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at They Will Kill. Go to our website, theywillkill.com. Send us an email, theywillkillpodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> Uh, rate, review, subscribe. I was just reading something on Reddit that says that the reviews don't really mean much. As oh. far as like charts. I have to look into that more. Interesting. But but we still like to read your reviews. So Yeah. I know. I was thinking about reviews the other day and it's so stupid to review a podcast. It's like it makes sense to review like a Airbnb or a food right. or something. It's right. like just don't listen to it if you don't like it. It's so weird, you <laughs> it know? Really is. It's like yep. lots of people, it's just not my thing. So I'm going to leave you a bad review. It just doesn't really make a lot of sense because I'm not going to go to a podcast and read the reviews, first of all. It's just not how it works. And right. second of all, if I read somebody who was like, I don't like their voices or what, you know, like, well, that's very subjective. So, right. <laughs> like, 
Yeah. Doesn't really seem like it applies as well yeah. in this case, but whatever. Right. I hope but that's the case because... I know. Don't take my word for it. Continue to review us, please, just in case I'm wrong, because I probably am. Yeah, my EO, my EO Lego, Leo Ego loves it. Yeah, man. I love rolling around basking in your sweet, <laughs> sweet praise. I just picture you, like, throwing letters up in the air. I know. Like, seriously. Actual, like, alphabet letters. Scrooge, Scrooge McDucking or 53 <laughs> reviews or whatever, like, p- trying to dive into them and being disappointed. <laughs> I hit my head. <laughs> uh, thank Thanks. you, AJ, for our music. AJ Bergantz for our music. Check out yep, his new album. Yep, I think he's releasing it soon. And remember, just be nice, guys. Yeah, just be, be nice. Go to see a therapist. Yes. You Address your mental health. Yep. You will feel so much better. Yes. You're not alone. Nope. Life shouldn't feel hard nope. every single minute of your waking life. Right. It's not normal. No, it's not normal at all. Regular challenges. Challenges are different Ups than and downs, depression. Right? Yes. yes. Ups and downs are, nor- are normal. Yeah. Uh, put a mask on your face, please. Yes, put a mask on your face. Keep your distance. Yep. Like, look, guys, we can still have a world if you just mm-hmm. don't be dumb. Show some compassion. Put a mask on Follow your face. a few rules, and it'll yeah. be okay. <laughs> like, this virus isn't right. going anywhere. Just nope, follow, not. Just be be cool. Yeah. Just be cool, guys. Just be thank cool. You for, thank you so much for listening. We love you. Goodbye. We love you. Goodbye. Goodbye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.